Welcome to Savor Food and Body, a podcast for women in midlife who are ready to lose the mental and emotional weight of dieting. I'm your host, Amanda Bullitt, an undieting dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. Join me as I talk with other experts in the fields of intuitive eating, women's health, body image, and so much more. You'll also hear stories of women just like you who have learned to undiet their lives and fully embrace wellness without obsession. Let's get started. So today we are going to talk about uh, brain health. That has been the theme of this month in the Savor Food and Body on the podcast and also in the community newsletters. And I also have uh, a new program that's about ready to start. Well, new. It's, it's revised from what it was last spring, but the Savor Group Counseling program is open for the fall session and registration is open, but only until next Monday. And so those of you that have been hearing about that program, it is uh, completely updated from last spring. So if you were thinking about it last spring, now's a really good time to jump into that registration and see what's new in the program. So you can go to alpinenutrition.org forward slash group counseling, and the link is below wherever you're watching this, and you'll be able to learn more about group counseling. And I hope to see you in the group. So today we are talking about, like I said, we're talking about brain health still. If you've not listened or watched the interview with Dr. Annie Fenn from Brain Health Kitchen, that is episode 96 of the Savor Food and Body podcast. And there was, she offered some really, really great tips there. Her book, Brain Health Kitchen, is gorgeous. Highly recommend that you check that out and um, help support your brain health, whether you're in midlife or anywhere. Honestly, like what we're eating and how we're moving our bodies and how we're um, supporting stress management and all of that is so important at any stage of life. And it's important because it impacts our later stages of life. So if you are a woman in midlife and that's what you're tuning into this show today, this is a live recorded Savor Food and Body podcast episode. Like I, I mentioned, the pre-recorded version of this this episode is episode 97 and it has already been uploaded to the Savor Food and Body podcast. So you're welcome to listen to that audio um, as a recap of today's live if you'd like. And if you follow the link below, it will take you to the, pot, the show notes of that podcast, and you'll get the, the direct link to the audio. So if you're over the a woman over the age of 40, you know how busy life can be and demanding life can be. We've got careers and family and social commitments, and it's easy to overlook the importance of brain health when we've got so much going on. We think like, oh, I can't add another thing to my to-do list. But if we pause for just a second and consider that brain health and having a healthy brain is absolutely key to your overall well-being. Because if we take those split seconds, five, 10 minutes at the most, to think about honoring our brain health, it's really going to help us tackle that growing to-do list with more ease, less stress, and more clarity too. So it's one of those, give yourself a few minutes now in order to make your life easier in the future. So I wanted to offer you today seven essential strategies to help you nourish your brain health after 40 and boost your cognitive vitality. And this is especially important for women in midlife who are going through perimenopause. I'm in that space too. And 
I will be real honest with you, the brain fog is real, uh, especially around I am still having cycles. And so, you know, the week, 10 days before my period, like the hamsters are just not running very well on their hamster wheel. So all of this information that we're talking about today could also be really helpful if you're experiencing brain fog. And particularly when it comes to exercise. So it kind of sounds like a broken record, you know, get more exercise and it supports so many things in our bodies and our lives. And it is truly crucial for your brain health. And regular physical activity helps increase flow to your brain, promotes growth of new neurons so that you can have more clarity and function and enhances that cognitive function. But we don't have to get obsessive about exercise and how much we should be doing or the go hard or go home mentality. Really, the World Health Organization just recommends at least 150 minutes of moderate intense aerobic exercise or 75 minutes of intense exercise or a combination of the two each week. So this can look like brisk walks, swimming laps in a pool or pool aerobics, a bike ride, my personal favorite. Those of you that are watching on an Instagram, you've seen plenty of bike riding videos and backpacking videos. And so you can find any variety of ways of moving your body. It's most important that you actually, you like what you're doing, or at least you like how it feels in your body during or after. Um, my other, I think another great idea too, that I see, uh, Jamie Carbaugh, who's been on the podcast in the past, she's at fit ragamuffin on Instagram and she does a lot of little short dance videos, which is really great too. And strength training is also helpful. So whether that's through yoga or Pilates or, um, lifting weights, uh, are important for maintaining the muscle mass and just our overall vitality. I don't know about you, but if I'm feeling extra stress, sometimes lifting heavy things can help move that uh, stress through my body. And we know from uh, the research and the work done by Emily Nagowski and Amelia Nagowski, the two sisters that wrote the book Burnout, just 20 minutes of moderate intense exercise can help move stress hormones through your body and allow you to complete that stress cycle, which is a huge benefit, especially because in midlife, our natural stress buffer, which is another uh, project that estrogen works on, it fluctuates wildly after 40 and it starts to decline the closer we get to menopause. And so we don't have that physiological buffer to help us uh, process the stress hormones. So exercise can step in and help with that. And if we can decrease stress in our bodies, that will help with that brain function and um, cognition. So eating brain boosting foods, this is number two, and you can support your brain health without following into the dumpster fire of diet culture. I feel very um, passionate about this. And this is under this, you know, the hashtag of wellness without obsession in that we can be making conscious food choices without shaming and blaming ourselves for when we can't make those choices or we don't have the accessibility of those foods or we don't have the time, you know, to eat more fresh produce, whatever it is. So watch yourself with this one that you don't get caught up in, oh, I should be eating more of these foods. Like don't go down the shooting train with yourself. So you can take a non-diet approach, or as I like to call it, an undiet approach to brain, a brain healthy diet with intuitive eating and gentle nutrition. Um, you can create your meals and snacks with colorful fruits and vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, nuts and seeds. And these powerhouses are packed with antioxidants, omega-3 fatty acids, 
and essential nutrients uh, for our brain. Foods like blueberries, spinach, salmon, walnuts, spices like turmeric are fantastic for brain health after 40. And remembering that it's important to take an expansive view, meaning an add in a view approach when it comes to eating. So we're focusing on adding in more of these brain healthy foods rather than worrying about what you shouldn't be eating or even coming at it from places of like, I should be eating more of these things. Don't do the shitting. Like I said, think of what more expanding, thinking about your meals and your snacks and thinking, what can I add here that would be really supportive uh, for, for brain health and overall health and vitality and midlife. This positive mindset will increase your creativity when it comes to answering the question, what should I be eating to be healthy after 40? Again, hate the word shitting, but you get the point. We all say that <laughs> often. And number three is give your brain a workout. So exercise isn't just for our bodies and mental activities that challenge our brain and help maintain cognitive sharpness, like puzzles, crosswords, reading, learning a new skill or language, all of those help nurture our creative side. You can also nourish your creativity through hobbies like painting and writing, playing a musical instrument. And that creativity can easily be last on our midlife to-do lists because we think like, oh, I've got so many more important things to do. But doing these hobbies or projects that you enjoy is critical to your overall self-care and self-nourishment. It gives your brain a break from all of those have-to responsibilities and really gives your brain some rest so that you can show up in a stronger, more clear-headed way with those responsibilities that you need to participate in. As an example to this, one of my clients, we talk a lot about her, her passion for sewing. And she has a dramatically different week when she's able to spend 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour would be a great week on a project in her sewing room. Her stress level is less. She has more clear head at work and the projects that she has going on in work. And so it's really essential for her to engage in that hobby that she really enjoys. All right, moving on, of course, better sleep. We hear all, all over the place how important sleep is and sleep can be a little bit elusive um, in midlife, again, related to those hormone fluctuations. But it's a glorious rejuvenator and it's essential for brain function. And even though it, our sleep quality and quantity can really fluctuate in midlife, there is a great podcast episode on the Saver Food and Body podcast with Dr. Caitlin O'Connor. And there was, will be a link in the show notes here um, for you to check that out. She offers some really great ideas on how to help you get better sleep. And your brain uses this time when you're sleeping to consolidate memories, restore energy levels, and promote just overall emotional well-being. So trying to aim for those seven to nine hours of restful sleep each night, creating a consistent bedtime routine by reducing screen time, maybe adding a gentle yoga flow or enjoying a relaxing shower or bath. Side note, if you're someone who's prone to having night sweats, then you might want to keep that temperature mild if you're showering or having a bath before, or my personal favorite, enjoy your warm shower or bath, and then do a little cold, cold water um, at the end. It's kind of along the lines of hydrotherapy, if you've heard about that in the functional medicine space. So minimizing sleep disruptions can also do wonders for your brain health. So if that is you're sleeping with a partner or spouse and they keep you up, then, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying like, 
I'm going to go sleep in another room tonight because I really need to get some sleep. You both really need to get some sleep and that can be really beneficial for your relationship too. So be open to all the options. Uh, Moving on. So less stress and breathing deeper is better for brain health. The two really go hand in hand. So you've probably experienced the effects of stress on your overall well-being over the past few years. We have been through a lot. Um, Aside from the pandemic, myself, in the last five years, my life has kind of fallen apart and rebuilt itself again and then tumbled a little bit more. It's just been a wild ride. So if you, when you're when you're in those levels of stress, it can really affect your brain health too. And especially during perimenopause and menopause, stress management becomes crucial, even if it feels challenging to do so. And it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, bubble baths and massages and things that take a lot of time or a lot of money. Um, Managing your stress simply with, with deep breaths or deep breathing exercises that can literally take a matter of minutes can really have a profound effect on your brain health. So chronic stress can contribute to cognitive decline, but practicing stress reduction techniques like meditation, deep breathing exercises, or yoga can be helpful additions to your daily self-nourishment routine. And engaging in activities that bring you joy and relaxation is equally important, just like I was talking about the client with her her sewing uh, hobby. Even if you're just doing these things for 10-15 minutes, again, it doesn't have to be a lot of time. You have a busy life. You have a lot going on. It is still really important and can be beneficial. So all of these ideas and these strategies we're talking about today is really about prioritizing self-care, self-nourishment, and setting healthy boundaries to help you stick to these uh, behaviors or habits that you want to create in your life. And all of it will help bring stress levels down and support optimal brain function. And moving on, we have create meaningful connections. And I, I can definitely relate to this. When you have a lot going on in maybe a lot of different places, whether that's locations in the world, in the country, you've got family in one place, you've got friends in another place, you've got your job, you've got your job relationships, it can be hard to feel like you're maintaining meaningful connections and you can start to feel a little scattered. I think particularly in our really digital world too. But social connections play a significant role in brain health, engaging in group activities, nurturing relationships with family and friends can help you reduce the risk of cognitive decline during midlife and then later in life as well. So try joining clubs or organizations that align with your interest, such as volunteering in your community or spending quality time with people that really energize you and support you. Strong social bonds are like brain food. They're nourishing and they're uplifting. Now, a side note about this, a side undieting note about this. I hear this come up all the time with group members. And honestly, this is one of the reasons that the Saver Group Counseling Program is so impactful for people. Because when if you've been dieting for decades and you've been following all the plans, and a lot of those plans have social connection that comes with them. And when you decide, I'm not going to do that anymore, I want more for my life, it can feel really isolating to swing over to intuitive eating and start learning about intuitive eating and practicing intuitive eating. And so having, trying to find your tribe of people, your group of people that also understand what are you doing by not following all of these food rules? What are you doing by learning how to accept your aging and changing body? And, and support you in that journey, you supporting each other. 
So again, programs like the Saver Food and Body Group Counseling Program, and there are others out there too, that will help you find that sense of community and connection as you're learning to move away from diets and promoting your own wellness without obsession. And moving on to the last uh, one of our strategies today, being proactive with your health checkups. So regular check health checkups and screenings, including physical and mental health, can help your brain really succeed after 40. So conditions like hypertension or high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol can increase risk of our cognitive decline, risk of, of decreased brain function. But being proactive also means pushing back against weight stigma in healthcare settings. And I recognize this is not an easy thing to do. So I am sending you lots of compassion and support as it can be intimidating to go into the doctor later, especially as our bodies are changing. If there's some weight gain or weight distribution, you're just not feeling it in your body. You're not satisfied with how you look, how you feel in your body. You can really be dreading going to the doctor going, oh, I'm going to get the weight loss talk again, or the diet talk again. And so you can really push back on that. But I'm going to encourage you to be diligent in reaching out, trying to find more weight neutral or weight inclusive providers so that you feel like you have a safe space that you can regularly go for your your health checkups. And if you are only getting recommendations to lose weight or for popular diets, and that puts you at risk for eliminating foods that could benefit your brain in, in midlife, like eliminating carbs or reducing them or eliminating whole grains or reducing them, um, it's time to find a different provider. So don't be afraid to ask for weight neutral recommendations for any of the chronic conditions uh, that we have running around in our lives frequently. So to sum it all up, brain health doesn't have to be complicated in midlife. And your brain deserves your attention and care as you embrace your 40s and beyond. And by incorporating these essential tips into your daily life, including intuitive eating, gentle nutrition, and considerations for perimenopause and menopause, you can nurture your cognitive vitality and keep your mind sharp while boosting your overall well-being. And it's never too late to prioritize brain health. And many of the tips that we talked about today, they're going to also support your cardiovascular health, bone health, um, and all of those other concerns that we have, maybe even breast cancer awareness or um, cancer prevention, and all of those other health concerns that come up for us in midlife. Any of these tips and strategies today are also going to benefit that. So again, if you're interested in more of these tips or you want to find that community of like-minded women who are going through this process of undieting their lives, but they also want to be healthy and want to have support with what's going on with, with men life just in general, whether that's perimenopause, menopause symptoms, or how the heck do I eat now that I'm 40 and my body's changing like crazy? Definitely, definitely come and check out uh, Saver Group Counseling. The link is below wherever you're watching this. You can also go to alpinenutrition.org and hit the, the button up at the top of the page. It's right at the top of the banner and you can learn more about the program there. And as always, you can always hit the contact button too on the top of the page at alpinenutrition.org. That's how you will get connected to me directly. I welcome any questions you have, any uh, feedback or 
want to just toss around some ideas of like, how do I, how do I add more brain healthy foods to my um, eating? How do I avoid the dumpster fire of diet culture uh, as I'm thinking about also supporting my health? I'm here for all of it. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're watching on Instagram, you can send me a DM anytime. We'd love to have a chat. All right. That is our live stream for today. I hope that was helpful. Again, reach out anytime if you've got questions. And I hope to see you in Saver Group Counseling as well. Have a great day. Take care. Thanks for listening today. I hope this conversation inspires you to undiet your life and start savoring food and your body. You can find show notes and resources from this episode by going to alpinenutrition.org forward slash blog, B-L-O-G. If you'd like to learn more about my one-on-one counseling or group coaching programs, go to my website, alpinenutrition.org and click work with me at the top of the page. And finally, if you found this episode helpful, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Until next time, keep savoring food and your body. Thank you.